If you like all things paranormal, conspiracy theories, and cryptids, then we have the podcast for you. I'm Erica. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Nicole. And we are Cheers from the Grave. We're a paranormal podcast that enjoys late night strolls through the cemetery, casual demonic possessions, and your friendly neighborhood cryptid. If this tempts your spirit, then tune in, grab a drink, and buckle up for a spooky ride. You can find us on most major streaming platforms, such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Music, and on most social media websites like Facebook and Instagram at Cheers from the Grave. We hope to see you soon. Cheers and spooks. So I'm going to exercise you. This is Historical AF, and if you want to cuss in redneck Japanese, that is Kuso, because our <laughs> special guest is living in Japan. I'm Natalie. I'm Kina. And I'm Audrey. We are a historian, a librarian, and a special guest delivering the funny, weird, spooky, and morbid historical nuggets you never knew you needed in your ear holes. This is episode 24, part one, Advanced mm-hmm. Early Civilizations. Hell yeah. Hi, Audrey. Hi. Thanks for having me here. <laughs> yeah, it's me and Natalie. It's, what, 7.20 here? It's 8 in the morning tomorrow. <laughs> right. I'm day drinking. Woo. Nothing wrong with that. It's all right, Billy. I deserve this. <laughs> coming to us from the future. <laughs> yeah, I can tell you the future. It's it's bright. <laughs> Is it drunk? <laughs> So how is Japan? Japan is awesome. It is uh, full of Japanese people. (laughs) 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 Lots of sushi. Wagyu. You can buy Wagyu at the grocery store here for like the same price as a steak back home. $15 steak, but it's Wagyu. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's very fancy. Yeah, I only had it once before we moved here, and now we've had it every night for <laughs> two weeks, and I like it. Well, to be honest, I don't even know what that is. <laughs> well, it's like a really marbleized steak, so yeah. it's like almost white because it's so marbleized with fat. Oh. So. Very spoiled cows <laughs> that don't move much. I think that's what it is. Yeah. They're fed a lot, oh. and they don't move a lot. Yeah, I think they get massaged too. Ooh. Or that might that might be Kobe. I'm not sure what. There's several types of beef. I have there. heard that one of them gets massages. I'm like that cow's living better than I do. And drinks beer all day. <laughs> <laughs> New life goal. <laughs> My meat knowledge is not great. My parents are actually vegetarians too, so I never learned. A lot of things. <laughs> yeah. How long have you been a vegetarian? Forever. Forever? Yeah. Oh. I, I tried meat, I think, two, three times in my life. And every time I've tried it, it grosses me out. It does. Because growing up, really knowing what it is, and I just I couldn't do it. And then I just don't like the texture or the taste. And even, like, fake meat, like soy stuff, if it's too close to the real thing, I most likely won't like it. Oh, wow. Like the Impossible Burger is good. I know carnival friends that love it, but to me, I can't stand it. I'm like, oh no, that's disgusting. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, that's crazy. I am the opposite. I was vegetarian for a very short time in my life and I'm like, I don't want to give it up. It's very good. As long as I don't have to know the animal, I'm good. That's also because you went gluten-free and you didn't want to neglect more foods. Isn't that right? Or no? Yeah, that's what happened. I was vegetarian. They're like, oh, you have to go gluten-free. And I was like, well, I ain't giving up both. So I started eating Mm. meat again. And now I don't have to do either. So I'm eating all the things. It's fantastic. (laughs) Heck yeah. Well, one guy once looked at me and he's like, you don't look like a girl that don't eat meat. (laughs) (laughs) Well, unfortunately, fries and soda and bread are not meat. (laughs) Everything I love is not meat. And Unfortunately, everything I love, like ice cream, is not healthy. (laughs) That's so true. Oh, my God, it's so true. 
Yeah. Oh, it's be the most delicious thing ever. It's going to make you gain 20 pounds. Well, anyway, I guess I should say that I know Audrey because we're both military spouses and we met each other when we were dating our husbands at a party, I think. <laughs> they were both pretty hammered. Um, good time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Most of the time that I've been around you, I think we have been hammered. Yeah, I think probably 90% of the time. Which is good. I think one time you, I saw you go at a museum. I couldn't drink because I was working. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure I was drunk that night. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure everybody was. It, fun fact, if you don't know this about museums, a lot of times they do Friday night, art night, or first Tuesday, whatever. And all of them have free booze. If you haven't checked it out, you should. Because it's free beer and wine. And you can get just hammered. And then look at museum stuff. Yeah. That was like our, oh, is it? Second Friday art night. Two fan. Yeah. That's what they called it in Little Rock. <laughs> oh. Audrey, what are we drinking? We're having a very simple drink. Rum and the Coke. <laughs> rum and Coke. I am drinking rum and Dr. Pepper. <laughs> okay. I was like, maybe I should get Bailey's and coffee, you know, for breakfast kind of thing. <laughs> Nah. (laughs) Just go all in. Go all in. (laughs) Tina, what are we drinking? I am drinking Chop Shop by Wink Wine Club because I made barbecue for dinner tonight and it says that it pairs well with barbecue. And it did. Did not lie. It was delicious. Audrey, have you heard of Wink Wine Club? No, I haven't. Ooh, let's tell you about it. It is a subscription wine club where you can take a quiz and then it personalizes your box and sends it to your front door. What? No way! I know. I'm super pumped. I got, I took the quiz and it gave me four wines that I've never tried before. And so far I've had two and they are amazing. So uh, definitely, you know, broadening my horizon. This stuff, it's not actually that expensive. It's what, about 10 to 15, like $15 a bottle. Yeah, if you're a member, it's definitely very affordable. With our code, it's under $40 for four bottles of very high-quality wine. Mm -hmm. Right now, Wink is offering our listeners $22 off your first order when you go to trywink.com slash historicalaf. And it gets even better. I know you all hate paying for shipping, because why wouldn't you? So Wink will actually pay for your shipping on four bottles or more. What? So take something off your to-do list. Go to trywink.com slash historical AF to get $22 off your first order now. Do it right now. One, two, three, go. That's trywink.com slash historical AF. What? (laughs) (laughs) I I like the whisper. (laughs) (laughs) It's so good. So excited. You just have to whisper it. Very exciting to me. <laughs> it is. I, and it's actually good wine. It's good stuff. Oh, so. it really is. All right, guys. Do we want to jump into the stories? Let's do it. Who's first? Uh, I don't know. Do we want to roll for it? Sure. Ooh, ooh, we haven't done this in a while. Spooky. You probably don't want to go first. Well, let's <laughs> go first. Yeah, why don't you go first? Okay. Uh, oh, 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 oh. Uh, all right, so last week I went really hard on the gory serial killer shit, but uh, I, I decided to go a different direction with this. But I am curious how many people out there Googled all the gory details I didn't want to say last week. So hit us up on social media and let us know how that went. Anywho, this week I'm going to roll pretty deep in human sacrifice because this is one of my favorite technologically advanced civilizations, the Maya. More specifically, Chichen Itza. I just Uh, love how perky you're saying human sacrifice. Yeah. (laughs) I know. I can tell my moods. When I talk about things that are very recent, I'm just like, I don't want to talk about this. It's so depressing. But I talk about something, you know, thousands of years ago. And I'm like, it's fine. Look at all this death, y'all. Like, it's so good. (laughs) Yeah, I think there's a disconnect with the history between it. Well, yeah. I think there definitely is. Yeah. Yeah, because the guys from last week are still alive. So I was like, oh, yeah, these people are long dead. Anyway, so I've said it before and I will say it again. I love some Mesoamerican shit. That class in college was my favorite thing ever. And it's on my bucket list 
you know, and I want to see it all in its heart ripping and decapitating glory. Okay, <laughs> so Chichen Itza. And I found a website that described it as the, I quote, human sacrifice theme park <laughs> of Mexico in May Day. So Chichen Itza is a ruined ancient Maya city that occupies an area of four square miles. And if you're not from America, that's 10 square kilometers. I did actual math for this segment. So you're welcome, Europe. That's dedication. Yeah. <laughs> I hate math. And it's located in south central Yucatan State in Mexico. It's a tourist attraction, which is probably because it's located by Cancun, but it's also an active archaeological site where new discoveries are being unearthed quite regularly. Chichen Itza was named a UNESCO World Heritage Site in 1998, and in 2007, it was voted in a global survey to be one of the new seven wonders of the world. <laughs> so a quick historical detour. A World Heritage Site is a landmark or area chosen by the United Nations Educational, Scientific, and Cultural Organization, which is a goddamn mouthful, for having cultural, historical, scientific, and other form of significance and is legally protected by international treaties. So all these sites have been judged important to the collective interest of humanity. Ooh, which sounds I- so smart. Right? So there's a lot more criteria, but it's basically to protect the... Jesus Christ, do you hear that? What is that? Are you haunted? Six playing Mario. (laughs) 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 I'm like, shaking. I was like, what is happening? (laughs) It's because we made fun of sacrifices. Is that what it is? Yeah. Yeah. So another fun fact, I found out that Mexico has 35 UNESCO World Heritage Sites, which is the highest number in all of the Americas, so North and South America, and it's the seventh in the entire world. And the only countries that beat this, because I thought, I was like, who beat it? Number one is Italy, number two is China, number three is Spain, number four is France, number five is Germany, number six is India, and then the U.S. tied with Iran for the 10th spot. Detour over. I just thought that was interesting. Hmm. Wonder what's all in, I guess, like Roman stuff in Italy. Probably. Yeah. (laughs) It's probably got a lot of that. There's one in Texas. I was there a couple of days ago. So that's what made me think of this was the World Heritage Site. San Antonio has the missions. So I saw two of them this week. I was like, this is so cool. (laughs) Geeked out pretty hard. So the Maya civilization thrived in the rainforests and misty jungles of Central America and Southern Mexico around 300 BCE to 1520 CE. The post-classic period of Maya archaeology is around 900 to 1542, and that marks the peak of this area of Chichen Itza. The city likely attracted immigrants from across Mexico during its rise and period of regional dominance that may have reached a population of 50,000 inhabitants within a 300 hectare area, which I didn't know what the fuck a hectare was. <laughs> so here we go. It's a metric unit of square measure equal to 100 acres or Aries. I don't know how to say that. Anyway, it's 2.471 acres or 10,000 square meters. Fucking hate math. So that would be 741.3 acres. I chose because you don't have to do math and now I'm finding I'm doing all this math and I feel like I've been cheated but (laughs) here we go Chichen Itza remains a major cultural and economic center for over 200 years after which the inhabitants seem to have disappeared very mysteriously since no one knows what actually happened experts guess that it was either conflict European influence or climate so there you go for all those climate change deniers (laughs) During its peak, the city was comprised of numerous temples, a marketplace called the Court of a Thousand Columns, two ceremonial platforms, carvings, sculptures, a major pyramid structure called El Castillo, and several ball courts, which I'm going to get into those ball courts because don't let the name fool you. They are fucked up. (laughs) 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 One of my favorite stories to come out of this. We're going to get to it. And then there was a pretty badass raised walkway that is 300 meters, which is 980 feet from Castillo to the sacred cenote, which cenotes are sinkholes, but not all sinkholes. Oh, sinkholes. Sinkholes. Goddamn hose. Holes are created equally in Maya culture. Some are just holes. 
Some are considered sacred and some of them are passages to the underworld. And then some of them are for their freshwater needs because, you know, they need water. Moral of the story, be a sacred hole and not a trash hole. Am I right? (laughs) (laughs) The name Chichen Itza actually comes from the sacred cenote. The name Chichen Itza literally means mouth of the well of Itza, being the name of the ethnic group in the area, Itza. And then I also found that Itza derives from the Maya word its, which means magic, and uh, which means water. So they were literally water magicians. Wow! Yeah, that made me happy. That seems like something you'd want to add to your resume. Water magician. I would want that. Like, usually he's like a waterbender from Avatar. Like, I want that. (laughs) Anywho, the Maya threw offerings of jade and gold into these sinkholes, but also because the presence of bones, they uh, also threw human sacrifices in there. (laughs) It starts out so lively. I'm like, yeah, we're going to throw some people in there. Maya priests in the city sacrificed children to petition the gods for rain and fertile fields by throwing them into these cenotes. Victims of human sacrifice were likely boys and young men and not virgin girls, as previously believed, because of new evidence. Which, up until this point, I didn't know this because a lot of this evidence came in after I left college, so this is all new to me, too. So, archaeologist Guillermo de Onda from the University of Yucatan pieced together the bones of 127 bodies discovered from the bottom of one of these sacred caves. And he found that over 80% were likely young boys between the ages of 3 and 11. Wow. Guys? That's so sad. The other 20% were most likely adult men. Children were often thrown alive into these watery graves to please the Mayan rain god Chalk. Some of the children were ritually skinned or dismembered before being offered to the gods. Wow. Oh, yeah. Skinned? Skinned, yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. That's the thing that happened. Yikes. Yeah. <laughs> for some reason, my brain went to pork rinds. <laughs> Skin. Oh. Oh, no. Sorry. (laughs) It was thought that the gods preferred small things, and especially the rain god had four helpers that were represented as tiny people in their artwork. So children were offered as a way to directly communicate with them. I like the connection. Yeah, you got four little helpers. Let's just throw children on there. Little little people. (laughs) What, you want to be a big helper today? Let's be a big helper. (laughs) (laughs) I just like, also love the mothers of these kids that got, or parents, I mean, the fathers too, I guess, whoever. Was it more of an honor, I guess, or were they <laughs> traumatized too, or both? Sorry, little Timmy, I know you want to live, but we need crops, so you gotta go. Like, it's just, oh, so sad. The reason archaeologists previously believed that young female virgins were sacrificed is because they often found these skeletons adorned with jade jewelry. So they immediately... Oh thought it was women but uh dudes like shiny stuff too so you know well and back then it wasn't really sexist to wear jewelry it was just i don't know common for everybody yeah. to wear and but. i'm assuming that if you're an archaeologist in the 50s you see a small skeleton wearing jewelry you're gonna assume it's a woman but no mm-hmm. they're just little little boys it's very sad. But in their defense, for a long time, it was commonly held by experts that the Maya didn't actually practice human sacrifice at all. So I guess it kind of makes sense that they didn't know what was going on because they didn't really think they did this. But as more images and glyphs come to light and have been translated properly, it appears that the Maya frequently practice human sacrifice in religious and political contexts, which is why they're my morbid segment which I'm pretty sure I didn't say, but this is morbid. (laughs) In case we didn't catch on, it's morbid. Early scholars who studied the Maya believed them to be pacifists who rarely warred among themselves, and they were impressed by their intellectual achievements of culture, which included extensive train routes, written language, advanced astronomy, and math. I hate math. And they also had a very impressively accurate calendar. So this is why they're in my advanced civilization. (laughs) Also, when I was writing this, like, why can't you be both? Why can't you be a badass civilization and smart? Why do you have to be either or? But, you know, whatever. Back to the killing. The Aztecs became famous (laughs) for holding 
<laughs> the victims on the top of temples and cutting out their hearts, and then they'd offer these still beating organs to the gods. But the Maya also cut out hearts of their victims, but it was much more common for them to decapitate, disembowel, or tie their sacrificial victims up and push them down the stairs of their temples. Is is anyone else picturing Indiana Jones? I'm very much picturing Indiana yes! Jones. Yes. The Maya also cut the hearts out of their victims, but it was much more common for them to decapitate and disembowel them, like I said. But none of these would occur until the victim had been thoroughly tortured. Oh. Yeah. You gotta thoroughly torture first. <laughs> I wonder, I wonder well, so who the awful. guy was that side if they've been tortured enough. Nah, I think there's some more. They got some more in them. Let's keep... Oh my gosh. So bad. Can you, can you imagine that being your job? <laughs> no. <laughs> I can't even imagine life like this. This yeah. is real. Like, yeah. well, I know it feels surreal. It doesn't feel like it doesn't feel reality at all. No. Yeah, because we're so distanced from from this mm-hmm. type of thinking and yeah. Mm-hmm. It's likely that the methods of how they sacrifice people had to do with why they were being sacrificed. Prisoners of war would usually be disemboweled. When the sacrifice was religiously linked to the ball game, which I'm going to get to, the prisoners were likely to be decapitated or pushed down the stairs. So. <laughs> well, I'm just also imagining being pushed down the stairs, how not graceful that always is and how torturous and scary that is, but also slapstick comedy. Like, <laughs> just picture <laughs> So, to the Maya, death and sacrifice were spiritually connected as the concept of creation and birth. So, the Pupple Vu is the sacred book of the Maya. And I went into a lot of detail in episode four, but it's basically there's two hero twins, Hanupu and Jiblanc, and they journey to the underworld to, you know, spoiler alert, die. And then they were able to be reborn into the world above. So, a lot of the whole Maya imagery is that you have to die to be able to be reborn or give life to other things so that's why sacrifice was such a big thing a lot of their art shows sacrifice as a mean of creation or awakening sacrifice often marked the beginning of a new era this could be a new king or the beginning of a new calendar cycle these sacrifices could also aid in the rebirth or new renewal of harvests or life cycles and they're often carried out by priests nobles or their king so basically like every holiday someone dies basically yes okay it's like it's not a party unless someone dies. <laughs> There's also an aspect of Maya blood sacrifice that involved ritual bloodletting, which I went into a lot of detail in episode four because they'd bleed all over their cocoa and then eat it and stuff. So go back to that episode if you want to hear that about bloodletting. That's so gross. <laughs> that was your first episode with us, Natalie. It was. I still have nightmares. <laughs> <laughs> I still never think of yogurt and Kellogg the same. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, oh I remember that episode. <laughs> I know, it's <laughs> terrifying. <laughs> yeah, that was like an aha moment there. <laughs> yeah, that was wild. It was like the big reveal. His last name is Kellogg. Oh, I was really proud of that one. <laughs> All right, so in times when Chichen Itza flourished as a city, the Mayas formed a highly sophisticated society. Their elite did remarkable work in astronomy, mathematics, engineering, and architecture, while the rest provided manpower to execute the plans. The design and layout at Chichen Itza was clearly planned, and the builders constructed temples and pyramids and sets of clusters. Basically, this whole area is very grid-like, which a lot of people are like, oh, for that time period, how did they do this? But, you know, math or whatever. Or aliens, whoever you talk to. Aliens that can do math. <laughs> yes. And then they also, all of these things aligned with astrology, which it to me is just freaking just mind-blowing. Everything aligned to the stars. The amount of work to do that just blows my mind anyway. And then they were also able to level this entire area, despite the rocky terrain, which is also a feat. That's why it's one of the seven wonders of the world. Yeah, that's crazy. Pretty phenomenal. The most visited sites of Chichen Itza includes the, oh God, I looked this up. Kukulon Pyramid, the Great Ball Court, and the Temple of the Jaguars. Tell us about the ball court. (laughs) (laughs) Well, first, one of my favorite things about Chichen Itza is this huge pyramid called the Kukulon. And it's also known as the Castillo, which means castle. And this is actually why I picked this topic, because I'm obsessed with this temple. And 
you can ask Zeke. I mention it all the time. I'm like, have you seen this YouTube video? And he's like, God damn it, woman. I've seen it six times. Stop showing me. (laughs) (laughs) So it was constructed before 1050 CE. The pyramid is 79 feet or 24 meters high. Each side is 109 feet or 58 meters wide. And it has nine levels. Each side of the pyramid is a staircase, which leads up to a single square structure. The summit of the building has two chambers and is decorated with jaguar relief panels and round shields. Each stairway that climbs up to this pyramid has 91 steps, except for the northern side, which has 92. So if you add all that together, it arrives at 365. Whoa, that's crazy. Yeah. So seen from above, the cross created by the stairways imposed on the top of the square pyramid recalls the Maya sign for zero, which... The zero is a huge deal for Maya in mathematics, and that will be another episode because it's just too much to talk about. I had to cut all that out because this was going to be like two hours long. Anyway, so my favorite part of this is that during the spring and autumn equinoxes, the descent of Kukulon happens. So according to legend, twice a year when the day and night are in balance, this pyramid is dedicated to Kukulon or Quasicodal, the feathered serpent god. And he visits its namesake. So on the equinox, the Kukulon returns to Earth to commune with his worshippers, providing a blessing for the full harvest and good health before entering the sacred water, bathing in it, and then continuing on its way to the underworld. So all legends aside, it's just amazing. When you combine all this with the architecture and the natural rotation of the Earth, it creates this amazing image of a giant snake crawling down the temple. So the shadow is a serpent and it goes down the stairs. I've heard of that. Yeah. I heard it on TV one time. (laughs) (laughs) I YouTube it all the time. For five hours, the illusion of light and shadow creates seven triangles on each side of the staircase, starting at the top and it inches its way down to the bottom. And then the bottom is this giant dome structure of a snake head, which creates a snake. For 45 minutes, this shadow stays in its entirety before slowly descending down the pyramids and disappearing. So the Maya's astronomy skills were so advanced that they could predict solar eclipses. They also had an impressive, sophisticated observatory structure that remains on the site today. So now to the ball courts. This is my favorite part. Yay! <laughs> the Chichinko <laughs> ball court is the largest known in all of the Americas. It measures 554 feet, which is 168 meters long, and then 231 feet, 70 meters wide. During ritual games here, players tried to hit a 12-pound rubber ball through the stone scoring hoop set high on the court walls, which is 26 feet or 8 meters high. Think about the hoops. That's really, really, really fucking high. And then a lot of the times the idea was to move this ball with your hips only, not using your hands. So think of the logistics there. You got 26 feet high and you're supposed to use your hips. It's just, it's just crazy. How in the world? It's like basketball with your hips. Yes. It's like soccer and basketball. But like the ball is fucking heavy. It's like 12 pounds or it's 5.4 kilograms for those in Europe. But yeah, it's really heavy. But here's the thing. If you lost... You were sacrificed. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you're going to do a good job because you're not going to want to die. <laughs> you're gonna break your hip. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to lose my head if I don't win this fucking game. So you're going to do whatever you need to do. And a lot of these Maya images show a clear connection between the ball and de- decapitated heads. And a lot of times these balls were made out of human skulls. Oh my God. To add to it is a lot of times these were captives from other areas. So you're brought here to play this game of basically fucked up basketball with a human head. I mean, the whole idea is really, you know so what's like, going to happen. So it's like fucked up Hunger Games? Yes! Yes. yes. And then oh, a lot man. of times this ball game would be a continuation of a battle. So the captive warriors from said battle... They would be brought in and then forced to play and then sacrificed afterwards. A famous image that is carved into Chichen Itza shows a victorious ball player holding the decapitated head of the opposing team's leader. Oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) Hard pass. Yeah. Hard pass. I also don't sports ball 
you should just not do sport. Not good for you. <laughs> and there's so many more relief carvings into the walls of these courts, which if you ever go to Chichen Itza, you should definitely go to these ball courts. But a lot of them show, you know, teams facing each other and then they're decapitating the losing team's captain in front of the other people. It'd be like, look, we're about to do to you. And it's just a whole whole thing. Oh, okay. So just don't be uh, captain. Everything else is fine. Just don't be the captain. Well, they're going to kill everybody, but they start with the captain. Oh. Like, what we're going to do well, to you. That, is that who they use to play the game? The captain said? <laughs> I'm sure. There's a lot of... For the mean, next game. A lot of this is very interpretive, but they show pictures of people holding the head as they're playing ball with it. So I don't know if they actually did or if it's just... Someone had to die before the game for them to have a head to play with. (laughs) All right, we need a ball. (laughs) I know, you're like, hey, mister, can you bring us our ball back? Like, Sandlot would be so fucked up. Ingenuity, I don't have a rubber ball. What can I use? That guy's head. That guy's head looks good. Yeah, I mean, it, it rolls. And then... The last thing I found that I thought was pretty cool is that the acoustics in this entire area is just phenomenal. So if you clap once from the end of the ball court, it produces nine echoes in the middle of the court. And then if you clap in front of the pyramid where the serpent comes down, it creates a sound that sounds like the serpent's chirp. Can you imagine the just ingenuity to be able to make that happen? That's just crazy. A snake, a snake herp a chirp? I don't know if I want to say a snake herp a chirp. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't like snakes <laughs> the irony is that i love this temple but i hate fucking snakes but yeah i definitely want to see it and there's a and snake slithering down the side <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's just so cool i this is why i get so angry about aliens people are like oh fucking aliens they did this because they weren't smart enough no they were just smart enough to figure out the astrology to a certain point that they could create things which another rant. So I went to the missions and there's this one that I went in and the priest, I think it was the priest. He was talking about how they have this window. says that one day a year, the light comes in and shines and makes a perfect cross in the floor. And he was like, I don't know how they did that. How did they do that? Nobody knows. And all I think of is motherfucker. He kidnapped a bunch of Mexicans that have been doing this for centuries, like creating you know, equinoxes and stuff, but you know, I didn't say anything because he was a priest and I gotta be nice. But <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> of course they know how to do that. They've been doing that forever. But yeah. <laughs> let him have his mystery. Wish I could figure that out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's all right, we can drink. That's what we're Yeah. <laughs> we're, here to, we're here to we're here to appreciate <laughs> yes. there we go. <laughs> All right. Hey, so spooky. What, Audrey? You feeling up to tell on a spooky yeah. story? Got that my, is yours, right? I got my cat. My support animal. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I found my story on this website called Lispers, and it was similar to your human sacrifice, but it's the Aztec. Ooh. And ooh, cool. So they have a pretty interesting ritual. Well, they had. So it was, yeah, during, doing. <laughs> <laughs> it was during the month of, uh, okay, here's my pronunciation. Toxketai? I don't know. Awesome. It's good. Everything in Aztec is like codal something, so you're good. Okay. <laughs> they estimate to be between the calendar about May 5th to May 22nd. So every year at that time, they would, this was right after something, which we're alluding to, a man would be chosen for a special honor. And based on the way he looked, he had to have long, straight hair, smooth, silky skin. (laughs) (laughs) I'm already... Knocked out. I would already be <laughs> disqualified. <laughs> I'm like, you're looking at his smooth, silky skin. He, like, he puts the lotion on his body. <laughs> <Right. Yeah. laughs> like Fabio right now. Oh. Yeah. 
So basically a beautiful man. Then they would dress him up to be like the god Tezcatlipoca. Oh, that's good. Tezcatlipoca. Like a polka. I love it. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Which I looked up and this is, he was, he's kind of, I don't know, to me it was kind of vague uh, how they described him, but it's basically like the god of smoke and mirrors. He's the god of the nocturnal sky, god of the ancestral memory, god of time, and lord of the north. Seems and very so, Game of Thrones, though. Lord of the North. <laughs> Lord of the North. <laughs> so they would pick this guy, they would dress him up to look like this god, Tezcatlipoca. And so they'd paint his skin black, and he'd wear a flower crown with a seashell breastplate and tons of jewelry. And for a year, he would walk around town and dress like this guy. He was also given four beautiful wives, and he was asked to play the flute as he walked through the streets. So, <laughs> There's a lot to unpack there. <laughs> he gets four wives, and then he has to play the flute. <laughs> On the website, it was like he has four wives to do with what he wishes. So, like, yeah, this guy is, he's getting him some. He's <laughs> got his flower crown and his flute. <laughs> what, else, what else could you want? For a whole year, too. That's crazy. But there's a catch. So <laughs> there's always a catch. <laughs> this year is actually his last year on oh, Earth. Oh, okay, so when they select this person, I guess the guy knows that he's going to be a human sacrifice at the end of it. So, but yeah, so, I mean, your last year, you get to live it up. <laughs> I'm sure a lot of them are like, worth it. Four wives, it's worth it. I, I was thinking about that last night. Like, I don't know. I mean, would you want to live life and just live it up for your last year and just do anything you wanted and then know that you're gonna die i don't, I don't I know have more mundane years than one epic year <laughs> but also most men can't handle one wife and then you're gonna give them four it's <laughs> probably more stressful yeah. well i'm feeling sorry for those wives because i'm pretty sure he's playing like mary had a little lamb on the flute for <laughs> <laughs> like three blind mice i mean <laughs> i mean like hot how cross many- buns come on how many kids could he have in a year? <laughs> Did like, he know how to play the flute before this? Or is he just like screeching? <laughs> I thought about that too. Like, are they teaching this guy? Is that a prereq? You got to play the flute. You, I'm sorry. Man. Uh, you can't, like, can't have this job. He's not like Lizzo with skills with the flute. Oh, yes. oh just screeching. <laughs> This man twerking with his four wives dancing behind him while he's playing the flute and whipping his hair like Fabio. Yeah. Is that, is that the picture? Is that the yeah. picture again? Okay. That's perfect. Um, yeah. That's forever totally... how this will always be. That visual right there. But his flute playing has to be Mary Had a Little Lamb or Hot Cross Bun. Something like that, though, from Beginner Band. Beginner Band. <laughs> I totally forgot about Lizzo playing the flute. <laughs> she, I really like her. Oh, God. <laughs> there was in that movie, The Hustlers, playing the flute and twerking on a pole. I was like, yes! I'm so oh. jealous that you saw it, because so I'm, I'm on this military installation right now, <laughs> and they only play... There is a movie theater on this base, but they played Hustlers for two nights, and two? that's it. Oh my God. It was like, you better catch it. It was like a Friday and Saturday, and then gone. Yeah, it's gone. All last week, he was at another base doing his job, and I was like, I'm going to go see a stripper movie. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Dave, you would love this movie if you just come. And he was like, babe, I found out this is a chick flick. I'm like, "Uh, yeah, because it's like woman empowerment. Because he's like, how much pole is actually in this movie? I was like, there's actually a lot of pole. You would enjoy it. It's fine. Yeah, I heard it was based on Goodfellas. So, I mean, 
I mean, there's some plot to it. I mean, you've seen it. I haven't seen it. It's a true story, actually. Yeah. Yeah. It was very good. Highly recommend it. Made me want to learn how to pull down. Really? Yeah. I want to look like J-Lo when I'm 50. Or just now. You know. She's 50. Anyway, anyway, Aztec. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, so what happens to our Fabio Lizzo man at the end of the year? So, after a whole year of beautiful women and flower crowns and flute playing, he walks up the pyramid steps. (laughs) Oh, and he has to break his flute on the way up. What? You don't need that no more. <laughs> I just love the heartbreak in Natalie's face. She's a musician. She's like, no, not the flute. I don't know. Like, that's a waste. Right? I hate when musicians, like, break or stuff. A waste of a whole life, though. I mean, then, then they're going to, okay, so you walk up the steps, you break your flute on the way up, and then you lay down on this flat stone surface uh, altar. And then they stab you in the chest and rip out your heart. <laughs> the end. <laughs> I mean, really. No. Okay, so this, this has been one year since the last, what do they call it, Tuxcatl time? And then they find a new guy to replace you. So then the whole next year, you see this stupid guy playing the flute, wearing the flower cloth. <laughs> like, oh man, I know, I know where this goes. I, don't, like, I would want to be picked right after the guy gets stabbed. Stabby McStab, and then, and then like, all right, who's next? Who's next? Right? Oh, I really hope it's like Price is Right. Like, who's coming down? <laughs> oh, very dramatic. Best, best costumes. Get yeah. Or better yet, they like pick the doors. Like, what's behind door number one? Then. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, those Aztecs know how to get it. Oh, they got some epic human sacrifices. <laughs> but that, okay, so they said that they sacrificed, this was within a hundred years of their ending, or of the demise of the Aztec civilization, but within a hundred years, they found that they sacrificed a hundred thousand people. Oh, so, wow. This was just one guy, one year, you know, like, so this was something they had running along, but then they had another, I mean, they had like so many people lined up. I mean, it's just insane to, I guess nowadays, you know, human life is so precious that, I don't know. I think we had a really good article that talked about like today we'd be like, why would you do that? But they were saying, just put yourself in the shoes of somebody that if their crops didn't work, they were going to die. So to them, they're like, well, obviously we got to kick somebody down the temple or rip their heart out because we need food. Like to them, it was just so normalized that they didn't even think twice about it. So I guess in their in, shoes. In their mindset. Yeah. If you really, yeah. that's so, It's so hard though to get into that mindset. Of I like, mean, a lot of ancient I, civilizations were like that. Like, oh my God, we have a drought murder some bitches let's, let's do this <laughs> yeah. like, we need some rain <laughs> but it's so funny like how drastic it is i mean we've gone from little boys to your virgins <laughs> to your most handsome men like okay i guess just don't be virgin young or handsome okay so for our last story i got the word tools and like my add my theme is random so we're doing another natalie's list of randomness so that's what it is let's start with 3500 bc or is it bce it depends i think the north like most people are pretentious being like bce because you know whole jesus thing but it's fine so bce means before common era common era and then other, it was before it Christ before and Christ. after death. But yeah, now they're like, oh, BCE. It just depends. <laughs> I feel like I feel like Christians are being like, like damn atheists taking away Christmas <laughs> by saying happy holidays, taking away BCE. <laughs> 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 I was like, where's my Jesus gone? <laughs> I see it both ways everywhere. So it really doesn't matter. Nobody cares. 
Well, anyways, so BC, BCE, whichever floats your boat, the wheel was created. Ooh. And as we might know, the wheel's pretty important. It is, yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but believe it or not, the wheel wasn't actually used to, for travel. When I think wheel, I'm like instant travel. That's where I'm at. But actually, it was for pottery wheels. Oh. That was, that was the goal for it, actually. Huh. And then, I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There was a website where it was like the Mayas did all this thing for mathematics and astronomy, but surprisingly, they didn't discover the wheel. And I was like, well, that's kind of a dick move. To be like, <laughs> like let's interview. <laughs> we can't have it all. Okay. <laughs> so we have the wheel, and eventually it became to get like to move to go carts and stuff. The next impressive wheel, though, that I have forgotten about is actually the water wheel. It's the first device to get power or leverage of some kind without using a human or an animal. And it's a constant motion. So I find that pretty impressive. And that was in the year 50 BC. BC. Oh, that's really cool. At the missions that I've talked about earlier, the Mission San Jose, I think, they have one of the examples of the wheel for the water. So they have it going so you can see how it was like back then. It was really cool. Next up would be 206 BC, and that's the compass. And that is another one I did not really think about because, fuck, there's no roads anywhere. (laughs) And uh, so to just explore and travel. And, of course, again, exploring actually was not the first tidbit. They just used compass just to know the direction to help with time and other daily tasks, not to travel. That's my first thought. (laughs) (laughs) And of course, so yeah, no mapping or anything like that. And it was invented by the Chinese. They're the ones that created the compass, actually. Next fun thing is the Pozzolona. I'm going to say that. I I butchered the word, but we're going to go with that. That's 27 BC. And that is concrete. That's the ancient concrete that the Romans made. What it is, it's basically some type of aluminum and silicus mixture. And when it mixes with calcium hydroxide at room temperature with water, boom, you get concrete. So that, which is, we know, super strong stuff. That's how we actually still have cathedrals and the Colosseum and everything. It's made out of this ancient concrete, which is super, super tough. That is so cool. I know when I was in France, there were so many Roman roads and baths and everything still standing. And that's probably why, because it's really uh, durable. Underneath Notre Dame is a Roman bath. So if oh. you underneath oh, it. Oh, really? Yeah, because France was Gaul back when it was Roman. But yeah, there's Roman streets and that bath was underneath it. I thought that was really cool. Oh. I never I learned about that. I was like, I, yeah, I don't think I realized that. It's, okay, this is a stupid question. Is, New, no, is Notre Dame in Paris? Yes. yes okay, I thought that. Well, there's actually several no. Notre Dame, so I was talking yeah. about Notre Dame in Paris. So Notre oh, okay. Dame Paris, the one that just burnt down. The one that burned. Okay. Yeah. So that so, was on. That was part of Rome back in the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there was little pieces yeah it's it's crazy i only got to go for such a short amount of time but when i was there i think i went being like of course i'm gonna go because this is an opportunity but when i got there i was like holy shit i didn't know all this stuff was here and i was like overwhelmed by everything (laughs) i had to see yeah it's also before i started the art history history track of college so when i was in school i would learn about all the things i didn't see in paris and i was like god damn it past kina but yeah it's really (laughs) It's so preserved. It, it's crazy. That's awesome. So, what is under Notre Dame? It's a bath, a bath, or what? Yeah, they had a bathhouse. It was like steam and water and stuff. Ooh, I just hit that again. But yeah, it's it's really cool. Do they have pictures? Hot springs there? I don't think so. No, but I think more sauna. Sauna a lot, and then they would scrape the sweat off of themselves. I show. Um, oh God, what was it? I just completely blanked, but there was a show dug into the whole bath thing and how they scrape the sweat off and then they'd all be a uh, bunch of beards. Like a historical <laughs> show? Like, damn it. Uh, move on. I forgot. 
Okay, but come back to that. It had the lady that's Zena. I can't remember. Her. There's called. And then the that guy got cancer, that. and then they had to. Hold on. Am I getting things off track here? Lucy Lawless. Hold on. It's okay. It's part of the fun. It's okay. Part of it. Okay. okay. This, this is a lot of fun. Spartacus. <laughs> really? Keenan, god damn. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they had a whole thing where it kept showing him in the baths and they would scrape the sweat off of him and he'd be in like this bath with a bunch of other naked dudes scraping sweat off each other. I mean, I can see that it's like an exfoliating thing. Sounds nice. Moving on. What's next? <laughs> Moving on is more drinking. So another sip. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. All right, clocks. 725 AD. Oh, wow. I did not realize clocks were that old. And that is that is the first mechanical clock, too. That's not... Wow, not like... That's sun. not like a... That, yeah, sundial, of course, is how we first could tell time, but 725 AD is the first mechanical clock by Ying Zing from China. Oh, man, the Chinese oh, really Chinese. nailed it. <laughs> yeah. Technology. Another one that really caught me off guard is the first refrigerator. Like, when do you think the first refrigerator was created? Um, I'm probably way off, but I would think probably like the 40s, 50s. <laughs> That's what I was thinking, like after electricity. But wait, I did hear about something as like an underground dome-like refrigerator. Well, underground is cooler. Like some some countries did that, there, but there was this something is, I heard about not too long ago that was it's like a dome like thing in the <laughs> underground. Some really yeah. great hand gestures going on. You guys can see. just be the video. <laughs> Where the bus reactions come from? Okay, well, see, that's kind on. of my thought. The early 1900s, because mm-hmm. that's when electricity was in most houses and you know it started becoming more of a common thing but 1834 oh wow was actually the first refrigerator it used vapor compression jacob perkins it was his machine but oliver evans it was his theory to use vapor compression and i did not realize it was that old now granted who could have a refrigerator hardly anyone because you know, that's the first machine. So, of course, it took a while to get it into other locations and for it to spread around the world. But still, I mean, I did not think 1834 we could figure that out. <laughs> I did not either. <laughs> that's crazy. But it was a machine then? Yeah, it was a, it's a machine. It's not just an icebox or something in the basement because it's cooler or underground. Like, no, that is a machine that used coils and compression to make food colder wow Wow. in the early 1830s wow did you say what country that was do you know what country? i did not i have no idea that was very british i don't know Uh, no i think i think think the u.s come on i don't know usa usa we actually don't really have a whole lot of inventors i see most came from europe we're the little babies in the grand scheme of the world. Yeah, we are. <laughs> I know we were barely a country at that point. Mm-hmm. That's true. Okay, so in 1969, ARPANET, which is Transmission Control Protocol developed by Vinton Chef, helped computers communicate to other computers. So in other words, Internet. What? In 1969, that was the first version of our internet, and it was for the military, basically being able to help computers talk to other computers across the globe, not just the country or the state or anything like that, across the whole world. So you're telling me Al Gore did not invent the internet? Unfortunately, no. (laughs) But I've never heard that, that Al Gore invented Have you not? No. What? Uh, Sorry. Historical. I don't even know where I heard Stop that. I just know detour that. here. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me more about this. I don't think I can. I just know that people joke about Al Gore inventing the internet. I don't know where it came from. 
It's just in my head somewhere. Jacob Perkins was an American. Refrigerator's American. Oh, really? USA! USA! Did you say you took it from somebody else's idea, though? Is that other person's idea not American? He's, like, the engineer, the mechanic, and then Oliver Evans, it was his theory. So it's kind of a combination between the two science scientists or however you want to put it. How cool. All right. I have two more. The next one is paper. Oh, that was a neat invention. 3000 BC. Yes, it is. Egypt. I knew that one. Egyptian, it's 3000 BC. They used the papyrus plant, which was a common plant along the Nile. And they basically tore it into strips and wove them really tightly and then weighted it down to where it basically made a paper. And they even made their own pens, which were reeds. And then they used soot, beeswax, or vegetable gum to make ink. Oh, wow. It was so well made that we actually have this paper still today, even though it's 5,000 years old. Like, we have the paper, and we can read it, what they wrote on it. Wow. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Wow. Yeah. Well, the Nile. That episode you got sick on, Natalie, uh, after you left, one of my stories was about one of those papers from Egypt. Oh. It's about how they would put period blood on your boobs to make them grow. But I'm like, out of all the things that could survive, that's the sad Egypt. <laughs> wait, wait a second. Does that work? I, I don't think so. I don't know. I've never tried that. That's what the that's what was on the eucalyptus tree paper from ancient Egypt. Oh, papyrus. Papa- oh, papyrus. Eucalyptus. <laughs> 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 Pap- <laughs> yeah, God bless Egypt. Oh, oh, what's your last one? You said you had one more? The last one, it's also Egyptian and it's 4000 BC and it's their eye makeup. Oh, hell and, yeah. Because I just thought it was cool. It's coal, K O H L, and it's basically a mixture of soot and gelina. And Jelena is a metallic bluish gray or black material. So that's how they get the colors. Ooh. Malachite is, is how they would get green if they mix that instead. Men and women both wore it. And they believed that it actually had healing powers. Or healing, like it helped their eyes stay well. That's what really caught my eye about it. Is like the fact that they thought it was helping them. And they thought it would protect them from the evil eye. So, like, protecting them from evil spirits and it was healing. Oh, that's so cool. Eye makeup today does not bode well for your eyeballs. <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure it is the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> all, right, all right, let's say our goodbye things. Okay. All right, guys. So, if you like us and you want to hear more things, you should join Patreon. Because we have Drunk Dies, which we're about to drunkenly record in a second. And they are amazing. <laughs> If you can tell, we're increasingly getting more and more and more drunk to prep for this drunk dive. So, and their video, we don't edit them. So it's straight to you, live to Patreon. And uh, somebody on Twitter the other day said, this is my favorite thing ever. They have the best content on Twitter or on Patreon. That's the word. (laughs) You should definitely. Don't edit that. <laughs> yeah, I'm doing this for you. Anyway, we still have drunk dives and deleted scenes. There's going to be a lot of deleted scenes. We went on a lot of tangents tonight. And uh, we do pocket lists and book lists and all kinds of stuff. So go to www.patreon.com slash historicalafpod. And you can see all our tiers and you can see everything that we have available. And we put up so much stuff uh, several a week. So. Definitely a lot of stuff. You should check it out. A lot of drunkenness. <laughs> a lot of drunkenness. <laughs> and behind the scenes stuff, like all kinds of stuff. You should definitely do it. And of, and of course, our not so subtly drunken stuff, we can check out our social media. <laughs> That's the daytime drinking. That is uh, Historical AF Pod on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And we have all kinds of themes like Mad Lib Mondays and Fun Fact Tuesdays and so much more stuff that I can't remember because I'm drinking <laughs> rum and Dr. Pepper. But regardless, they are always humorous and we always encourage 
commenting on them too. Because I love, we got a really great Mad Lib the other day, and I laughed my ass off. Oh, good. It was awesome. Oh, good. I, so please, please, oh, please, send, send stuff, send your stories, send your Mad Libs. I love them all. Yeah, we absolutely love you guys talking to us. We have people that live tweet our episodes now on Twitter, and it is amazing. <laughs> it gives me life. I, love I know. I, I even appreciate the sympathy that I was sick. Like, oh, poor Nat. I'm like, <laughs> yeah oh my gosh it's amazing and also on social media we tell you when we have things going on with our merch site oh like our sales and stuff so you should go to shop.spreadshirt.com slash circle af oh my god i'm drunk okay and we have stuff so you got shirts and coffee mugs and water bottles and mason jars the mason jars are new and they are so good and we have a lot of good mason jar i know i mean especially if you're southern you should definitely have a mason jar (laughs) (laughs) or or whatever (laughs) it's so good it's they're so cute and we've been adding stuff and we're going to add more natalie and i are both artists so you know we're going to put more shit up there constantly just check that out and then also, if you want to check out our sources and the photos that accompany each episode, go to, oh my God, www.historicalafpodcast.wordpress.com to see all that. And what else am I missing? <laughs> I don't think we're missing anything. I think we're good. I'm all sorry. the important shit. We're good. Google us. Google us. You can Google us now. We show up. Yeah. No big deal. Just kind of big deal. Oh, there's a kitty. Fucking awesome. And go buy wine. Go buy wine from Wink because it's fucking oh, good. Absolutely. It tastes good. It's so good. We 1000% recommend. And that's historical AF or trywink.com slash historical AF and get your $22 off. Woo! Complimentary shipping on four bottles or more. Anyway, guys, thank you, and we'll see you next week. And thank you, Audrey, for coming on here. It's so yes, thank you so much. Thank you for having me on my favorite podcast ever. Not only <laughs> Audrey, but we also got our kitty cat. I love seeing yes. the kitty cat dripping on the desk. Meow. <laughs> if you want to see the video of this, you should join <laughs> Patreon. No big deal. We put videos up. <laughs> Bye. Bye, Zs. Bye.